Look, I was going to go easy on you, not to hurt your feelings. But I'm only going to get this one chance. Just a feeling I've got. Like something's about to happen. But I don't know what. If that means what I think it means, we're in trouble. Big trouble. And if he is bananas, as you say, I'm not taking any chances. You are just one of the I'm Ron. This is Braden. Welcome to Commanders Uncensored. Clock ticking. Down to 40 seconds. Heineke. Looking. Heineke. They keep the play alive again. He flips it downfield, and McLaurin, the hometown kid, hauls it in at the one-yard line. What a grab. He ripped it away from Stephon Gilmore. Robinson in the backfield. They call him a bulldozer. Will they give him the football? No, it'll be Heineke. Heineke, no signal. Yes, they say he's in. It'll be reviewed, but for the moment, touchdown Washington. Every team has one of these plays deep in their playbook. Be ready for a possible lateral, maybe several. Well, we saw it with the Packers last week against the command. Absolutely, but Ellinger just has to flip it. He does get it to Pittman, but Pittman is taken down. And the commanders and Taylor Heineke come from behind. They've won three in a row, and they get back to 500. Washington wins their third in a row. That's right. The Commanders are now 4-4. Four and four. Still sit in fourth place in the division, but 4-4, four and four, three straight wins. Washington defeats the Colts 16-17. Uh, looking at this game, it's, you know, it's, once again, I, I just want to watch a game. I just want to see a game. And I want to feel like that was a complete victory. I want to watch a game. And I want to see all four quarters of victory. I'll take a one-point victory. I'll take four and four. But... I would like to see more. Sometimes I think, am I too greedy? Is there something wrong with me for wanting more? I just want to see dominance. And I feel like this team has been bad for so long. So many fans of this team accept mediocrity. Four and four. Eight and eight. Seven and nine. Nine and seven. I mean, they're all the same, right? Like, you can't sit in the middle. You either got to be great in the NFL or you got to be really bad and get really good draft picks. But I'm hopeful because Unfortunately, when Wentz got hurt, I said this would happen. I said Washington is going to start to play better. And it was for two reasons. It wasn't necessarily that, you know, one quarterback was better than the other. 
it's Heineke knows the offense. That's the first thing. You got one guy who knows it, one guy who is learning it, and you have one guy who is mobile, and you have another guy who basically is not at this point in his career. You have an offensive line that hasn't really proved that they can block. You have an offensive coordinator who hasn't proved that he can call plays that protect the quarterback, keeping two tight ends or keeping a running back and then maybe having a guy in motion and having him stop, whatever the whatever that is. When Wentz was in, the sack rates were up. And like I said, you got one guy who knows it a little bit better, and he has that backyard mentality. So we're four and four. We're on a three-game winning streak. And that hey, look, I'm gonna tell you that that deserves an applause. Let's get a little applause right now. But let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. I I, I want to dissect everything here. I, I don't want to be overly harsh. I don't want to be overly praising, right? Let's let's stay level-headed. So the good, the bad, the ugly. I can tell you right now one thing Washington cannot continue to do and have success or any NFL team. Like, you know what I mean? Let's just take that whole Washington out of it because then the fans want to yell at you because you know they you're talking about their team so let's put this a different way there is no NFL team that can do this you cannot in your last six games score eight 10 17 12 23 and 17 points and expect to be a successful football team. That does not happen in the NFL. I've said it before. If you are not scoring at least 24 points, you will not succeed in the NFL. And the good ones are pushing 30 points a game. I would say the good... I would say, as far as Washington now, um, the defense, right? Jack Del Rio. The whole defensive unit has improved. If it wasn't for this defense, Washington would not be 4-4 four and four right now. So, defense, Deron Payne, John Allen, everybody, you know, Montez Sweat, everybody on that side, great job. The offense has played better, but they're still not playing lights out. They could still improve, but... That's neither here nor there. I kind of wanted to ask, I guess, a question. Does Heineke cover up the offensive coordinator, Scott Turner? Does he cover up his mistakes or his... Basically, does he make up for the fact that he's just not an offensive coordinator? This week, I would say... Washington won, so forget the rest of the game because they didn't score a lot of points, this and that. 
the very end of this game, that last, well, I'm sorry, the last couple of plays you had to, you know, to throw to McLaurin. That was really a, and even Terry said this during an interview, that was really just a broken play. So Terry went, turned, and was supposed to just sit in the soft spot on the D. He waited as soon as he saw, because he knew Heineke would look his way. Heineke rolled. As soon as he saw him, he took off, put his hand up like, yo, I'm running out. Hit me. That's really just backyard school football. That was not designed that way. But they work together. They're on the same page. That's two teammates that are feeling each other right now. Yo, I got my hand up. Hit me. Quarterback, I got you, bud. Throws it to him. Boom. Catch it. It's down on the one-yard line. Finally. I'm due to rock. And finally. Scott Turner. Your punk ass called the right play. Finally, he calls from the one-yard line or the six-inch line or the one-inch line or whatever. He didn't go in shotgun. He didn't go in shotgun and call some stupid pass plays. Guess what he did? He called a quarterback sneak. And guess what freaking scored? A quarterback sneak. Don't overthink it. You need a yard. You need less than a yard. I can honestly tell you, there's other teams that are now even doing the quarterback sneak differently. They're putting two running backs in the backfield. They're calling the quarterback sneak, and then those two running backs are coming up and pushing, kind of like a rugby style, and they're pushing the quarterback in. He still isn't doing that one yet because he, he can't get out of his own way, but he finally called a quarterback sneak, and they scored. It was great. Finally. So, to answer the, the original question, does Heineke cover up the offensive coordinator's lack of creativity, lack of a scheme, lack of anything that can produce a successful NFL offense? Yes. Yes. And it's a combination. It's him being able to run around, and right now, when he starts running, he's looking for Terry. You know what I mean? Like, I got to be completely honest. I mean, that's his go-to right now. Others will, I'm sure, filter in, but it becomes backyard school. I'm just running. I'm throwing my hands up, and you're hitting me. That's not coaching, and you you probably can't sustain success doing that either. Has the defense improved from the – Early in the season, yes. Jack Del Rio has whatever he's done. Personnel has changed. And we're getting personnel back soon. But just the simple answer, yes, the defense has improved and the offense has improved. And then I want to ask, Is Ron Rivera too loyal? Does Ron Rivera, does he have it in him to make the hard decisions? Look, I think of Bill Belichick, and I think of the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. 
Bill Belichick wanted to trade Tom Brady. Because at the end of the day, he can separate business from friendship. It does not matter who you are. He has the ability, and the great ones have it, right? Tom Brady is an assassin. Michael Jordan is an assassin. These guys who are the greatest of the greatest, they can separate. There's no feelings involved. It's I have a job to do, and I don't care who gets in my way. Nobody is stopping me from my job. And I feel Ron's loyalty is getting in the way of this team succeeding. And I think Ron's a great guy, and I have no problem with him being the head coach. But his inability to make right now, which you go all over social media, everyone is yelling it now. Like Everyone can see it. His team has improved. The only spot it really hasn't dramatically shown a difference, and I, I just gave you all the points in the last six games, it's offense. You've had different personnel, different quarterbacks, but it's the scheme. You can see, you can watch a football game, and you can see a scheme that works and players that just can't fit that scheme. You can say, man, this guy was open, this guy was open, this was open. Wow, this or this, or he missed this, and he missed that, and, you know, that's just not the case. It's the scheme doesn't work. There's no rhyme or reason, and we've said this before. He has a playbook, and you, I, or anybody, could you could, you could take your dog, and you could just open up the playbook, and your dog could put his nose down on a play, and that's how they're calling it. Just, there's no rhyme or reason. It's, here, turn to page six. Call this play. Turn to page ten. Call this play. There's, it's, it's, it's frustrating because you can see it that there is more there. There's weapons there. There's a quarterback who can run around because your offensive line isn't the greatest. He can buy you time, but you gotta have the players get open. You have to have people for him to throw it to and. There's plenty of speed. There's plenty of weapons. So when you have a quarterback who can dodge the sack and you have the speed that can get open, but yet they still can't find a way to get open, it's the play caller, and he won't make the change. He's loyal to a fault. It is what it is. He did finally, and, I, and I, I guess he has in the past not been as loyal to his players, but today they did make a trade. They traded away um, William Jackson III, cornerback, which I really, I got to be completely honest, I didn't understand it when they brought him here. I tried to get on that train. I tried to get on board. I mean, I did, right? Like, I'm like, oh, this guy supposedly is this, and he supposedly is that. But I had, I got to be completely honest, I never heard of the guy, right, until he came here. 
He was supposed to be a great player. And you take a player who doesn't fit your system, you run a zone and you take a man coverage, and then you don't understand why it doesn't work. And you're admitting that. That's coaching. That's, eh, whatever. Maybe the coach shouldn't be the GM. The GM shouldn't be the coach. Or the coach should just know what he runs and you get people for that system. Whatever. He's gone. They traded him away to the Steelers. Um, and that was really a nothing trade. I think we gave him away plus a seventh rounder just in return to get a sixth rounder. So they pretty much got him for nothing. You know what I mean? Good for them. It helps save us a little bit of money. And it's it's what it is. But I wanted to talk about that kind of leads me into how the NFL has has changed recently, but not all teams have changed, I guess. I guess some teams are still are, are still kind of in the old old way. So the NBA, Major League Baseball all have like ESPN specials. The trade deadline is at four o'clock on this day, and everyone wants to tune in because, hey, maybe my team's going to make a trade and we're going to get a guy. And the NFL has never been about that. The NFL is kind of like, hey, you're on this team, you're on this team until you're not on this team. There's very little trades that happen midseason because, unlike those other sports, and this is kind of goes back to the whole Ron Rivera and the coaching. Why would you not trade a player midseason? Because they have to learn your system. The NFL, all of these players are great athletes. And, you know, in baseball, if you can hit a ball, you can hit a ball. In basketball, if you can shoot a three, you can shoot a three. If you can dunk it, you can dunk it. But in football, they can all run. They can all catch. They can all block. It comes down to the mastermind that is putting the pieces on the field and how he's directing it i guess kind of like if you're playing chess right where are you moving your players so that's why you didn't really see that as much but it's changing there was a lot more trades and there's and it's it's becoming a trend right so the old style was you just kept your player and then at the end of the year if you didn't want to sign you got nothing for him he just left or you could franchise them, which meant you are forcing someone who does not want to be on your team to be on your team. Um, you know, and you could think back. So for Washington, it would be Trent Williams didn't want to be here. Kirk Cousins didn't want to be here. Brandon Sheriff did not want to be here. Those are three of the best at their position. And our management has gotten it wrong every time. They forced those guys to stay until they had no value. Like, and they got minimal, nothing. Where you look at, heck, you can look, I was going to say you look at the Rams. So the Rams have and do still believe by the, we're a good team and we'll just bring in players and we'll just give away our first-round draft picks because they're already built. So they're 
only one, two players away, so they have no problem just giving away those draft picks to get that one or two player to make them relevant. But look in our own division, and it's happened twice with the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl. Carson Wentz was the quarterback, and Doug was the head coach. What was it, two, three years later? It's it, You go from Super Bowl, that normally buys you hell. As long as you want, right? Ten years, and like, as I say, you'll never pay for a beer in this town. Well, Wentz wants out. And the team started losing. And instead of not letting people go, and instead of forcing people to stay where they don't really want to be, Howie says, you know what? Trade him away. Because it's, I said it earlier, right? You either want to be first or you want to be last, right? So... If you're first, you're winning the Super Bowl when nobody cares that you're picking 32nd. But if you're 8-8 eight and eight and you're picking right in the middle there around 15, 16, 17, all your great, you know, game-changing, your quarterbacks are off the board. So you can't, you can't excel. You can't get that generational talent because you're so late in the draft. So you're better to just whatever assets you have, trade them away. And go ahead and only win two, three games, whatever it is. Get the number one, two, or three pick. Or, and, even if you get the fifth or sixth pick, right, you're in the top half, but you traded some players away. You had a Kirk Cousins. You had a a, a Sheriff. I mean, you have guys you could have got first-rounders for. You take, now if you have two first-rounders, you have three first-rounders in that same draft. You can move all the way to the top of the draft. You can move out. You can get more for the next year. Draft capital, it's, it's, it allows you the freedom to move up or move back and get more for the next year or get players. It's it's like monopoly money, right? And so, like I was saying, so the Eagles did that with Wentz. Um, and actually before that, so when Chip Kelly was there, they tore that down. Any asset they had, they, you know... Um, Maxwell, I think he was the cornerback, and is it Alonzo? I don't know. They had a linebacker, and they sent him to Miami. But anybody that could have gotten them anything, it's not that they were great players, but you got good draft picks for good players, then you use those draft picks in your draft to be able to move up in the draft. Even if it's only one first rounder, but now you got three second rounders. You know what I mean? Like, you can move. So the old style of thinking doesn't do that. The new style of thinking, and you're starting to see it now, is there's teams that go, well, you know what? We're not winning a championship. We're not even close. We're going to be right around the middle of the pack. So trade any assets that you have. Tank this year, basically. Just the process. Tank. And you have draft capital for the following, the next one. And you know what else you have? You have cap room because you traded away these players and 
hopefully, you know what I mean, you work that out to where the other team took, you know, the whatever, the salaries, whatever, you work all that out. So you go into it with more money and more moves to be made, more wiggle room to, if it's the quarterback that you need, you can go up in the draft. If it's whatever position, or if you're set pretty good, now you can move back in the draft and you can get more. So you're starting to see, I think it was seven. like, And that was never really heard of. Seven, I mean, known players, and I'm sure there was more than, you know, more than that, but seven NFL, you know, with known players that were traded today. So that's, that's it's kind of marking what's coming, right? You're starting to see it where teams will start to just, at this point in the year, they're going to go, this isn't a team that's going to win the Super Bowl, throw it in. Washington had a chance today, and it is tough because Deron Payne was a name that was thrown out there, and I would I would hope that the front office has talked to Deron Payne and they have a pulse on what he wants to do. And if you think you can sign this guy at the end of the year, like you feel more than 50%. You feel really good about your odds that you can sign these young players. Then you don't trade them. But if you know there's no way, we know what he's asking and we are not going to match it, but someone else will, then you don't even roll. You're four and four. You're not winning a Super Bowl with this team right now you make those trades and you try to get first and second round you know what I mean you you move you get your capital so I hope they made the right decision and it's it, it, it is tough because these are all young players and you don't want to give up on somebody young but if you know they don't want to be here anymore you know we have offered them the best that we're going to offer them doesn't matter you know what I mean like you can want somebody to be with you and you can offer them the world and if they don't want to be there then you have to let them leave and if you're going to let them leave then you might as well get something so don't as Belichick would say don't be late be early to letting these people go right And positive news, Chase Young. So, Chase Young is starting his 21-day clock. I don't exactly know how that's going to work. The only thing that I know that that's supposed to mean is it is a slow ramp up, right? They don't want to go, you're cleared Wednesday and you're playing Sunday. Get out there and you're playing all the snaps. So, that's not happening. Will he be on the field? I I don't know. I don't think so, but I don't know. Does he get five snaps? Does he get zero? Does he get ten? I. What does the 21 clock day mean? Is it 21 days before he's on a game field? Is it 21 days before he's 100%? So you do five plays this week, ten plays. I, I don't know how this is going to break down. But the good news is he is back. Washington has won three in a row. Washington is four and four. Heineke magic is happening. 
and now you're bringing in Young. You're bringing in that guy. You know what I mean? Like, this can go the right way. It can. It can go the right way. Some things have to change. Figure it out, Washington. That's your job to figure it out. It's not my job. It's not any other fan's job to tell you. Figure it out. But it's there. There's the weapons, and now you're getting people healthy. You can make a run. You can make a run, and as crazy as it is, right, let's think about this. For years, the NFC was the beast. The NFC East is the beast. And then it became the NFC East is the least. Washington, New York, Dallas, Philly, you know, and you you would have your one team would win one year. Like, no one's really ever won a division two years, three years, four years, five years in a row. There's been no... There's been no dynasty, right? The NFC East is probably the best division in football right now. Let me tell you, the NFC East has the Philadelphia Eagles are 7-0. The Dallas Cowboys are 6-2. The New York football Giants are 6-2. Washington is 4-4. So you could look at that and say, Washington's in last place in their division. They're a last place team. They're four and four. I just want to tell anyone who's listening to me, there's only two teams in the NFC that are better right now. And that's the Seattle Seahawks. They are five and three. And Russell Wilson is not on that Seattle Seahawks team. Russell Wilson. The guy who left, the guy who was supposed to be the man, and Geno Smith was going in there, and this team was going to fall apart. Yeah, I was on it. I was on that train. I said Seattle was going to be total garbage. I want to give Pete Carroll a little applause. (laughs) Seattle is 5-3, and and the Vikings. Go ahead, Kirk. Cousins. And the Vikings are six and one. And they've been built really well, right? They have a solid quarterback. They have good receivers. They have a good running back. They are built solid. They they can be beat. I don't know what they're doing. I know they used to be a great defensive team, but I don't know what they're doing anymore on defense. But that's it. You have the NFC East. Right? All four teams, Washington in last place in the NFC East at 4-4. Four and four. And there's only two other teams that are better than Washington. So Washington is what? The top six? Top seven? In the NFC? I think that might make you a uh, playoff team. Do you know who's not better than Washington? Tampa Bay Bucks. 3-5. and five. 49ers are 4 and 4. The Rams are 3 and 4. 
and the Green Bay Packers are three and five. The Giants, uh, I'm I'm sorry, uh, I'm at the Giants of the leagues, right? Not the New York Football Giants, but the super teams, the great teams, the ones that everyone's going to think. The Buccaneers, the 49ers, the Rams, and the Pack. None of them have a winning record right now. This football season is wide open for anybody. This football season, any team can win it. All it takes is patience. I hate to say it, right? So... You can clearly see there's something going on, right? So all this, you know, all these NFL teams that went from having these great records and they don't have them, their philosophies have either changed because the coaches changed their philosophies or because the owners have brought in analytics and they're being told to change. But don't be fooled here. The teams that are winning in the NFL right now, you know what they do? They still run really well. They block really well. I can't remember the Bible verse, right? But I know there's a Bible verse out there, and it, and it, it goes something like this, something about building a house on sand. You know, you can't build a house on sand. You got to build a house on a strong foundation. You can't build a football team around a weak line. Like, your defense and offensive lines, that's your foundation. If that's not strong, everything else crumbles. This is old school football. And you can say all you want to say about the passing and all you want to say about the running, if you don't stop the rush, the quarterback's going to get sacked. If you don't open up the holes, the running back can't run through them. you got to have strong line. That's your first defense. And all, you know, it starts there. you got to build on a strong foundation. And then you tie in everything else. These teams that I look at, there's no way they don't have the talent there. So, and they have these smart coaches, right? Did these coaches all, all of a sudden just get stupid overnight? Like, something, something has changed. So don't be surprised come midseason, all of a sudden, some of these teams go back to their, their original philosophies, and these records start to change. It's, it's a game, right? And it's pretty simple. If you control the line of scrimmage, you control the game. That normally means you control the time of possession. If you're controlling, controlling the time of possession that means you're controlling how long your offense is on the field compared to how long their offense is on the field 
your defense is fresh, you're putting points up. When they come out, you get them out quick. I mean, the game isn't that complicated. We can always try to make it complicated, but at the end of the day, it's really that simple. Keep your offense, and I don't care how you do it. The West Coast offense did the two, three-yard passing, and they just substituted it for the running, right? Like, so instead of calling the run plays, we'll just call a quick little two-yard pass. Whatever it is, you just keep those chains moving. And the shorter the pass is, the quicker it gets out of your hand, odds go up that it's going to be a completed pass. The further you're throwing the ball, the longer that ball is staying in the air, your odds go down because you're giving the defender time to run and either intercept it, knock it down, whatever. Quick offenses, crisp offenses, blocking offenses still win in the NFL. Washington is 4-4. Four and four. The season is 500 right now. You win the rest of the games, you're there. You lose, you're not like... You are 4-4. Four and four. Everything is on you now. It's on the coaches now. Take it one week at a time. You can win. You can make the playoffs. Continue doing what you're doing. Improve on offense. Do what you're supposed to do. And that's really the simple thing, right? Do, do what is in front of you. Don't overthink it. If you need a yard, don't be scared to run the freaking ball. You need, like, put two guys behind there and push the freaking quarterback. Hell, they can pick up up and throw him for five yards for all I care. I don't care. Just don't overthink it, man. Next game is going to be Sunday, 1 o'clock. The Vikings, Cousins is coming back. And that's going to be a tough one. That's a very, that's a very good team. But I feel like they're better than the offensive we have I mean they're 100% better than the offensive we have played recently like you got to put their offense with like Dallas and Philly which we struggled but I don't know if their defense is really better than I would guess their defense is not better than the Colts Bears so there's points that can be scored let's go get this win boys all right this has been Commanders Uncensored. So long, farewell, I'll be just saying goodnight. I hate to go and leave this pretty sight.